the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. See, we're chasing all kinds of things today. Some of you are chasing women. Some of you are chasing money and wealth. Some of you are chasing fame or the latest technology. You just can't get enough of it. But Jesus says, if you want to chase after me, if you want to follow Christ, you must take up your cross every single day. And you must follow him. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church located in Los Angeles, California. Everything we do at Shepherd is based around John 3.14 that teaches us to lift up the name of Jesus that the world might believe. We want to come alongside you in your journey with God and help you become stronger in your faith so you can better serve Jesus and share him with others. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today. We're in this eight-week series called Anchored, and these are eight things that happen if you anchor yourself to the Word of God. Last two weeks, we've looked at the letter A, you will always know and understand the will of God. Last weekend, you will never be alone or afraid or without. And today, Christ will lead you to full surrender. Luke 9, verse 23. Every verse that I read, I'm going to read four verses. And at the end of each verse, I want you to say, mm, mm, mm. Don't you think about this. Jesus said to them all, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross every single day, and follow me. Mm, mm, mm. Very good. Verse 24, for whoever wants to save his own life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will actually save it. Mm, mm, mm. Verse 25, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world? And yet lose or forfeit his very soul or self. Mm, mm, mm. And verse 26. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Mm, mm, mm. May God bless the reading of his words. You may be seated. 
Now, I'm going to let you know right up front, this is going to be a difficult sermon for you to hear. It might be the most important sermon. And so I hope that your heart will be open to today's message. Today's message is going to help you understand what Christ demands of you. You see, this book is not a book of suggestions. It's not a a book of the power of positive thinking. That's not what this is. Over and over again in this book, as you read, Christ leads you and me to complete and full surrender. You'll see no such thing as partial surrender. There's no such thing as a part-time Christian or a half-surrendered Christian. It's, it's full surrender. It's complete surrender, handing over every square inch of your heart and every square inch of your life and your body and your soul completely and fully surrendering to Jesus Christ. And if you're not willing to do that, according to Jesus, you can't even be a follower of his. Verse 23, you read this. It says, if anyone, everyone say the word if. I mean, you don't have to make the decision. He gives you a choice. This is for those of you that wish to follow Christ. If you don't want to follow Christ, you don't, you don't, you don't have to follow Christ. Of course, there are consequences to that decision. But he, he's saying it is a choice. We, we looked at this last week, remember, that Jesus knocks on the door of your heart. He doesn't force his way in. He, he waits for you to open up the, the door of your heart. So it's your choice. But he says, if anyone would come after me. See, we're we're chasing all kinds of things today. Some of you are chasing women. Some of you are chasing men. Some of you are chasing money and wealth. Some of you are chasing fame and good fortune. Some of you are chasing happiness. Some of you are chasing the latest fashion or the latest fads or the latest technology. You just can't get enough of it. But Jesus says, if you want to chase after me, he says, if anyone would come after me, if you want to follow Christ, he says, you must, you must deny yourself. You must take up your cross every single day. And you must follow him, first and foremost. So in your notes... It's as easy as one, two, three, and it's as difficult as one, two, and three. I mean, it's as simple as this, but it's as difficult as this. You must deny yourself, die to self. It's not about you. You gotta, to be a Christian, you gotta stop thinking about you. And you gotta pick up your cross, which means you've gotta sacrifice. That's what Jesus did when he picked up the cross. He sacrificed his self, his life. He gave everything he had to give. He picked up his cross. He was willing to die. And then, and then the third thing, you must follow after Jesus Christ. He must be the, the priority of your life. Verse 24, you read this. It explains, I think, in full what you must give up. It says, whoever wants to save his life will, what? Lose it. And whoever loses his life for me will save it. Verse 24 is telling us that you have to give up everything to follow Christ. I want you to write this down. Everything means everything. In case you want to, i got to give up this. Yes. Verse 25, 
He says, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world yet lose or forfeit his very soul? We usually use that verse to talk about the value of a soul, that one person is worth more than the whole world put together. But what this verse really means is that there's nothing in this world that if you give it up for Christ, that it it wouldn't be worth it. Give up everything in this world you could give. It's going to be worth it. And verse 26 basically says, if you're afraid or ashamed, now one day the Lord God's going to be ashamed of you. So don't be timid, don't be shy, don't be afraid. Following Christ demands that you give up everything and you're not ashamed to do it. I've put together a list in your notes. It's not an all-inclusive list. It's a list of things that should never take priority over the Lord in your life. It's what happens when you read or when you journal through the Word of God. It helps you understand if there's things in your heart that shouldn't be there that you've got to get rid of those. And as you read and journal through the Word of God, it helps you focus and put Jesus Christ first. So I want to go through this list. Number one, you've got to choose Jesus above fame and glitz. Jesus has got to be more important to you than acquiring fame or what I call glitz. And what I mean by that, especially those of you who live here in Los Angeles, in Hollywood, we got the Grammys and the Oscars and the award ceremonies and the actors and the actresses. It's the home of celebrities. And all of that starts to creep into your heart. All of a sudden, you think, I'd like to get some of that fame. I'd like to have some of those accolades. I mean, every Lakers game you ever go to, sometime in a game, they go around and show you all the famous people that are in the audience. And they always finish with Jack Nicholson. (laughs) And I don't, you know, I don't want to be Jack Nicholson, but I'd sure like to sit in those seats that he's had. I'll, I'll tell you that for sure. But all of us from time to time, all of us, We'd like to have just the red carpet treatment. Oh, just once or twice to see what that is like. Just once I'd like to go through the VIP entrance, wouldn't you? And then we have this thing, this Facebook, this social media, Instagram. And it allows you to kind of create your own little following. It's almost like a contest to see who can have the most followers. <laughs> Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, I want you to see, go to the end of, of Luke chapter 9. And this whole section is talking about following Jesus. And Luke 9 verse 57 says that as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, they didn't have cars back then, and they didn't have bicycles or motorcycles or taxis or anything like that. They were walking. And so they're walking down the side of the road. A man said, a man just comes up. Just like they do on Instagram. And he goes, I want to be a follower of you. You would think Jesus would slap the guy on the back and go, all right, another convert, another follower. I'm up to 12,000 followers now on Instagram. And I got 4,000 followers on Facebook. And here's another one. Let's go. But Jesus says something quite shocking in verse 58. He says, have you ever seen a fox? All they got is a little hole in the ground. It's where they live. And the birds of the air, up up there in the trees, they have these things called nests. But he says, the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. I read this as Christ saying, yeah, you want to follow me? There's no glamour and glitz here. There's not going to be any VIP treatment. 
No five-star hotels, no rock star status. If, if you really want to follow me, no bed of roses. In fact, we don't even have beds. And in fact, wild animals have it better than we do. Yeah, but Lord, I want to follow you. Well, if you're willing to say, I want to follow you, go wherever you go, you need to understand you're not staying at Trump Towers. A bird's nest looks pretty good to us. Jesus is saying, you better not follow me if those things are most important to you. Number two, and this is difficult. This is where someone walked out last service. And I got to admit, if I didn't study this, I might walk out too because it just, it's hard to understand. You've got to love Jesus more than your own family. Verse 59, he said to another man, follow me. Everyone say, follow me. I want you to picture this. Jesus walks up to a man and says, follow me. And I'll tell you this, if Jesus were here today, he would take his eyes and he would look right straight into your eyes today. And he would say those same two words, follow me is what he would say to you. But this man says, Lord, I'm going to follow you. But first, I got, I got one thing left to do. I, I got to go bury my father. I, I'm ready to commit. I'm going to commit. But my dad just died. And I, I need to go do that funeral thing first. And again, Jesus says something shocking. I believe as you read this, he's wanting you to understand that if you choose Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ has to be more important than everything in your life, even your own family. Because he says in verse 60, let the dead bury the dead. What? Lord, it's my dad. He died. I'm the oldest sibling. I got I to gotta take care of him at the funeral. Jesus Jesus said, hey, let the dead bury the dead. You go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And what he's saying is, you know, there's always, always going to be people dying. Let the dead bury the dead. The, the most important thing you can do on this planet is to go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Proclaiming the kingdom of God, and, and what he wants you to understand, is more important than burying your own dad. Now, if you think that's a little extreme, look at verse 61. Another guy comes up and says, Lord, I'll follow you, but first, let me go say goodbye to my family. Surely that's reasonable. But what does Jesus say in verse 62? He says, no, no, no one, you're going to follow me, you follow me. No one who even looked, it's not that you go back and say goodbye, you can't even look back to say goodbye is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Again, surrendering to Christ needs to be more important than anything in your life, including your family. Go to Luke 12, verse 51. You know, you read through the Bible, you always see things. I've read through the Bible many times. I I just never remember seeing this. I've seen the first part, but not the second part. You know, Jesus gets a bad rap. We We think Jesus is supposed to be you know, real loving and a peace lover and a peacemaker. And, and uh, you know, he, he never riled anybody up. If you rile someone up, you're not being like Jesus. But Jesus said, do you think that I came to bring peace? I tell you, I came to bring division. He, he said, from now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other. Three against two, two against three. He's not talking about a basketball game. And look at verse 53. They will be divided. Father against son. Son against father. 
mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law. That happens all the time. Daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. What's he talking about? He's talking about when someone truly surrenders to Jesus Christ fully and completely, most of your family is not going to understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. Skip over to chapter 14, Luke 14, verse 25. It says that there were large crowds, huge crowds. They were traveling with Jesus. Jesus didn't go to the large crowd. They were traveling with him. And he turns around to this large crowd, and here's what he says in verse 26. Now, I know, I know this is hard to understand. He says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. What in the world is he talking about? He's just simply talking about in comparison. Your love for God should be so much greater than your love for your family that if you compared it, it's almost like you hate. He's not telling you to hate your family. He's just saying in comparison, your love for me should be so much higher than your love for your own family. So the question is this. You know you love your family. You, each of you have a, a, a level of love for your family, probably different degrees. The question is, is your love for Jesus so high compared to your love for your family? If you looked at it in comparison, it would be almost like you hate your folks compared to your love for God. Is that true in your life? If not, you can't be a disciple of Jesus. Can someone say amen? amen? Go to Hebrews chapter 12. In fact, I want you to write down the next point, all right? I want two points here, point three and four. Jesus has got to be more important than your favorite hobby. It's got to be more important than any sin in your life. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. He's referring to everyone in chapter 11 when he says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off, now here's this word again, everything that hinders and the sin that so easily, what's the word, entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. Now, there, I see this as two things you've got to get rid of. First of all, things that hinder. This is not necessarily bad things. I think things that hinder can actually be good things. Things that keep you from running the race with excellence and perseverance. It could be a hobby. Hobbies would be included in that. I know all kinds of people who put more time into hobby than they do into the kingdom of God. It could be sports. Are sports the most important thing? Are athletics the most important? It could be shopping. It could be watching television. It could be surfing the net. It could be time spent on Facebook. I know all kinds of people who spent more time on Facebook this week than they did journaling through the, through the Bible. There's all kinds of good things that we do that sometimes hinder us. Today I was coming to church. I'm coming to church, and I saw a guy, he was waxing his car. Now, there's nothing wrong with waxing your car. But I was driving thinking, I wonder if he's going to go to church today. <laughs> Maybe he's thinking, I've got, got to wax my car. I don't have time for church today. I've got to wax my car. But you see, all kinds, of, all kinds of people have all kinds of things that we do that keep us from running the race with excellence. But there's two things, all right? We've got to get rid of everything that hinders us. But then it says you've got to get rid of the sin that entangles us. You see, some things hinder us, slow us down, but some things entangle us. Sin is actually is like a rope tied around your legs that you, you can't even possibly 
run. And the point is obvious, that whatever, whatever sin is in your life that's keeping you from fully surrendering to Christ, you need to get rid of that sin, whatever it is. And the Bible, you see, as you read through the Bible, you see, you, 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 some of you are doing sin, you don't even know it's sin, until you start reading the Bible, oh, I, I've been doing that, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. And that's why, that's what the Bible does. The Bible, you see, it points and reveals the sin that needs to be removed, but the Bible also points and reminds you to keep Jesus Christ as the most important thing in your life. There's all kinds of lists of sins. I could read maybe 10 different lists. I'll show you one, Galatians 5 verse 19 through 23, it says the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. They're obvious. It's obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, and orgies, and the like. You say, well, I'm doing something, but it's not on that list. It's anything like those things. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Romans 6, verse 12 says, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to Him as instruments of righteousness when you get saved he justified you're justified from all your sin you're not free from all your sins but you're justified from all your sins then there's this process called sanctification sanctification is a process justification happens when you give your life to christ sanctification is a process that comes from reading the bible and praying and seeking god's help but through that process god can give you freedom from any sin i believe that so in your heart as you read as you journal as you anchor yourself to the word of god make sure that you rid yourself of anything that hinders and any sin that you're involved with that keeps you from surrendering your heart now number five on the list this one might be the most difficult You have to choose Jesus over wealth, fortune, money. Jesus has got to be more important than even wealth to you. Quickly, turn to Luke chapter 18. A certain ruler asked him, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? That's a very good question. It's a great, it's the best question. Verse 20. Jesus said, you know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, you know the commandments. You've got to keep all these commandments. Verse 21, the man says, I've kept all those since I was a boy. Well, that's a pretty good guy. Then Jesus said this in verse 22. Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven, and then you come and follow me. And when he heard this, he became very sad because he was a man of great wealth. And Jesus looked at him and said, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. 
If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.